0: All right, people, this is the Rubin Report Direct Message, and this is gonna be one of those days. We pretty much always have one of those days these days, uh, but this is really gonna be one of those days because obviously the verdict came in in uh, Louisville yesterday in the Breonna Taylor case, and basically all hell is breaking loose, not just in Louisville, but unfortunately in many cities throughout the United States. And I suspect that actually no matter what the decision had come out to be, that this would have happened, even if they had indicted all of the officers, there would have been some way to instigate violence. And the people that are being violent, that are right now uh, attacking police officers with baseball bats, which happened yesterday, and randomly shooting into crowds, which happened yesterday, and burning down buildings which happened yesterday and I'm sure will continue into today. Uh, they would have found an excuse to do these things. These are premeditated events. Um, there's, a, there's a crazy video yesterday of a, of a U-Haul truck just being uh, unloaded in Louisville and they've got shields and signs and all of these things. Like this stuff is not just spontaneous, um, you, have to, you have to realize that. So obviously I'm, I'm gonna talk about the case just a little bit, although I think the case is actually uh, in a weird way less interesting and important than what it is doing to society, what, what the aftermath is doing to society, which is just an extension of, of so many of the things we've been talking about here. Um, so we're gonna talk about that. Uh, then secondly, we're gonna talk about the fact that the Justice Department has now deemed New York City, Portland, and Seattle anarchist jurisdictions. Um, This sort of goes to the heart of this idea that if progressive run cities, if the mayors in these progressive run cities, if they won't do their job, what is their minimal job? I mean, you guys know this. What, What would someone like me, if you're watching this show, you probably have some ballpark uh political philosophy like I do. Well, what would someone like me ask the government to do? Would I ask them to do a lot? Would I ask them to take a lot from us and then give us a lot in exchange? No, I wouldn't, I would ask them basically to do the, the minor stuff. Not in a way, I shouldn't say the minor stuff, I would, I would ask them to do the basic necessity stuff. So for example, you gotta keep uh, the roads clean and safe and paved, that would be nice. Um, you have to make sure that there isn't crime on the streets, you have to make sure that there's law and order, things like that. I wouldn't be for giant social programs, but in essence, what's happening here, now the feds are coming in, the justice department, and they're saying, if you in New York City will not control your streets, uh, if you in Portland will not control your streets, if you in Seattle will not control your streets, uh, your streets, and in this case, these are three fairly far left progressive mayors in these cities, then we're gonna do it. and this creates a really interesting tension between local government and the federal government. And I think it puts people, I would say, who are, let's say libertarian or classical liberals, or people who generally don't want the federal government doing a lot. This is an odd position for us to be in because I could see why some people, say the more far libertarians would say, well, you voted these people in, let the cities burn, that's it. Uh, But then the question is, do we have a duty to our fellow citizens? And, you know, in many cases, these mayors win with not some, it's not like they're winning with 80% of the vote. Sometimes they win with less than 50% of the vote or or just 51% of the vote. In which case, should we throw that 49% of people to the wolves if these people aren't going to do their jobs? I I think there's just an interesting philosophical debate around that. So I will uh, unpack that as they say a little bit. Uh, and then, third,, uh, we're going to talk about Joe Biden a little bit. Um, and I don't want to belabor this point. I've really I, I was thinking last night as we were going through the stories, you know, it it's sort of like if you're if you're on Twitter, um, you can watch clip after clip after clip after clip of Joe Biden forgetting what he's saying, Joe Biden becoming agitated, Joe Biden becoming irritated. Saying you know, 200 million people have died instead of 200,000 people have died. Now look, I I talk for a living. I I screw things up sometimes. You know, there's been times in the history of this show where I've I've screwed up something, and my guys will say to me after, you know, I screw up a number or I, I screw up a reference. Like things happen. Sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you have the wrong information. Like it just happens. Nobody's perfect, right? And, in the history of the show, there's been times where I've screwed things up. And my guys have said to me after, "You know, we should cut that or you know we should edit around it, you know whatever it might be. And I basically always, I think without exception, I don't think we've ever cut anything that i've that I've butchered, right? Um, I always say, no, we just have to keep it. And then we can make a note in the YouTube comment section or i can I can correct it or reference something on Twitter. Uh, but this Biden situation is, is getting worse. And you know, as the as the temperature rises on the national conversation and as cities continue to burn, and by the way, this is what they're going to continue to do. I mean, unfortunately, the, the Democratic Party has been left with a seriously radical base. And if and it's not like all the people burning everything down, it's not like they're all like rah-rah Bernie supporters, uh, sorry, rah-rah Biden supporters. There are no rah-rah Biden supporters, there, there are none. I mean, show me an enthused Biden base, they don't exist. What they are, and that's why I said Bernie, is they're Bernie supporters. So Bernie was the one, Bernie and the far left progressives were the ones who, who were instigating all of this, who were injecting all of this hatred of America into the system for the last couple of years. And as I mentioned the other day, Even Pete Buttigieg, the most vanilla nothing you could possibly imagine in that last debate said, Bernie, you wanna burn it all down and that's a bad idea. And in an odd way, I think the Democrats all knew it. The Democrats all knew what was being fermented right underneath, right? And they have no defense mechanism about this. I I talked about this a little bit yesterday. The the good liberals have no defense mechanism about this. Uh, they They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And they're gonna watch the whole country be, be destroyed as they prop up Biden, as if Joe Biden can, can stop this thing. Uh, but the story that I wanna talk about is the fact that as of this morning, Joe Biden's campaign called a lid on the campaign. Now, I, I've never heard this phrase in years past, a lid calling a lid on a campaign, but this is when they announce that there will be no more public appearances for the candidate. This is the eighth time the eighth time that he's done this, this month. We are 42 days roughly from this election, right? Like it's coming up pretty quick. We're five weeks away, five weeks and change away. And this guy, especially on a day like today, on a day like today when you know he's gonna, the campaign messaging and MSNBC is gonna tell you that the, the fascist Hitler guy uh, is stoking the flames of all of these cities and the racial injustice and all of this stuff. Biden can't even be out there. I mean, I am still not convinced he is gonna be the nominee, I'm just, I'm just not. So anyway, those are the three stories that we're gonna do. Allow me to have some coffee. You know, if you're following me on the Twitter before I get to the first story, I don't recommend you do it because nobody should be on Twitter. It's, an, it's a self-imposed mental institution. Uh, however, if you are on Twitter, I, I tweeted out a clip from the Golden Girls this morning. There's a wonderful clip of uh, of the three ladies, minus Sophia, but the three main ladies, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche. And uh, Dorothy is upset about something and she doesn't wanna comment before she has her coffee and something really, really funny happens. So you can take a look, it's twitter.com slash Ruben Report. Uh, and the reason I tweeted it this morning was because I was just watching like all hell break loose on Twitter. And like people that I used to respect fighting with people that I kind of respect and people who I really dislike fighting with other people I dislike, Like everybody's just fighting, 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 and I was like, I need a cup of coffee before I get involved in this. And then, and then like, I'm like, all right, I can, I can calm down. You should not tweet before coffee. That's my advice of the day. Okay, so let's talk about what happened uh, with this Breonna, uh, the Brianna Taylor case. So I, I actually don't want to get into every bit of the details about the case, because in many ways that is secondary to now what is happening in all of these cities. But in essence, none of the police officers accused uh, were charged in the murder of Breonna Taylor. One of the police officers uh, was was convicted of wanton endangerment for firing shots that went into another apartment. Now there, there's a huge debate as to what's going on with no knock warrants and why she was shot and the ex-boyfriend and there, there was a drug dealer and, and a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't think it's not about this, right? Like, it's not about this the minutia and the little details of all of these things. Let's not forget, she was also acquitted by a jury of her peers. It's not as if the systemically racist system came in and looked and said, here's a black woman shot by cops, we're gonna let her off. Like, that's not what happened. This was This was a jury. We have a jury system and it may be imperfect, but do you have a better option than a jury system? I mean, there there aren't many better options, right? Like this is how you this is how you sort of um, unfurl power from a centralized location. So the government isn't making all these decisions. Uh, in effect, uh, the citizens are making the decisions with the best information that they have. So the citizens decided that this was not a murder of Brianna Taylor, anything that could be could be charged as such. But one officer, his name is Brett Hankinson, uh, he was charged with three counts of wanton endangerment uh, for firing those shots that went into another apartment. Okay, so let's sort of put that part aside. I I wanna throw quickly, because all of these things, there's there's the original incident, right? And then we can debate whether this happened, that happened, what should the results be and, and what the trial should look like and all that. We can do all that. But then that's very rarely what really it's all about. It then becomes about burning down cities and trying to destroy the system and when police have to get involved in everything else. But if you wanna see sort of the level of craziness that the media has left us with. Well, first off, uh, Don Lemon was on the Don Lemon show, I guess it's called on CNN. With Chris Cuomo, and they always have their very awkward, painful interactions. Uh, it's, it, I think it's at the end of Cuomo show, right before they go into Lemon, they have this like minute long, like we're buddies kind of thing. And Lemon basically said, burn it all down. And then of course now it is burning it all down. So I think the media, the mainstream media has been has been complicit in a lot of this stuff. But there, I want to show you a clip from MSNBC from yesterday, because it really shows, I think, and will will shed some light on when I talk about how The left is the side that is pushing racism into our society. Uh, That does not mean that there are no people on the right that are racist. But if you wanna talk about where the system is being injected with racism, and it's a very pernicious racism that's a little harder to see than the overt racism of, oh, I wouldn't want that person at a water fountain, which by the way, there's nobody, certainly nobody mainstream that wants a thought like that. So there's an MSNBC clip, and this is former LA Police Department uh she's a, i think she maybe was a detective she's former lapd her name's cheryl dorsey and she's referring to kentucky attorney general daniel cameron who is black okay that's an important piece of information here because you're not going to see him he is black let's throw it to the clip law is not adequate to respond to a tragedy that is uh, quite a remarkable statement a striking statement well, listen, not only um, is he being intellectually dishonest about that, you know, I find all of his remarks with regards to this whole entire press conference offensive. And let me just speak to this whole celebrity influencer thing. While they can't speak for Kentuckians, let me say this is a black woman. He does not speak for black folks. He's skin folk, but he is not kinfolk. And so just like he thinks they can't speak for Kentucky because he's up there with a black face, he does not speak for all of us. This was not a tragedy. This was a murder. He should be ashamed of himself. Okay, so we got to dissect that a little bit because that man, the black attorney general of Kentucky did not behave in some way that this woman wanted. She decided that he is skin folk, not kin folk. That is seriously powerful and, and, and twisted in many ways, meaning he's black, but he ain't black. This, that's sort of an offshoot of a Joe Biden line, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. This is very much in line with what I hear from, uh, what I hear about actually a lot of my friends who happen to be black and on the right, uh, whether it's Candace Owens or Brandon Tatum or Larry Elder or someone like Thomas Sowell or my buddy David Webb or the, or the litany of other black people on, on the right. The, you know, the tons now and I think I think unbelievably emerging numbers of of black people who now are conservative or who are Trump supporters or whatever it is there's this idea that they're uncle toms they're sellouts they're skin folk meaning they look black but they they're not kin folk as if as if black is a ideology not a skin color and that shows you how twisted what the left has done is they've created they they've put skin color above everything else this is this is seriously dangerous and by the way It's not just um, skin color that we see why identity politics is so dangerous. You you guys know, I've mentioned this many times before, The Advocate, which was once, I suppose, an important uh, gay magazine when there were actual gay rights to be fought for, uh, a couple years ago, it's about four or five years ago now, they wrote an article that said that Peter Thiel, who who happens to be gay and he happens to be married and he's a friend of mine and a very nice guy, that he is not gay. Yes, he has sex with men. He happens to be married to a dude, but he's not gay because he doesn't identify with the queer, whatever the hell it is they want him to identify with. So in other words, they will actually take your sexuality away, and that's very similar. He's skin folk, but not kin folk. In essence, we're taking your black away because you don't think the way we want you to think. And this sort of pernicious racism, it has almost taken taken complete hold of the modern left. Show me a Democrat that stands up against this stuff. Please, I wish they existed. They used to exist, right? There were old school Democrats. There were good Democrats that came out of New York, the place that I grew up in. Uh, there used to be something called blue dog Democrats. What happened to all of these people? The progressives annihilated. Anyway, uh, we're gonna be throwing some clips as, as I'm talking right now. Uh, we're gonna just uh, throw you some B-roll, some video and some clips of what's going on in various cities it's not just Louisville it's DC it's New York City it's everywhere else i mean there are there are police officers being attacked with bats there are gunshots there are i saw a video of people throwing molotov cocktails all of these things and and the i'm not showing you this stuff or even talking about this stuff to enrage you or to or to scare you i'm i'm showing it because we have got to make a decision we are getting to a fork in the road in society do we have laws or not? Now, for the billionth time, and everyone knows this, no system is perfect. A system of governance is created by people, and people are imperfect, so we cannot create a perfect system, right? So that doesn't mean that every decision is correct, okay? And if if someone wants, if you want to comment in the YouTube comment section and, and lay out, if you're a legal expert, what the Attorney General got wrong with the charges, what the jury got wrong with the decision, what the police did wrong. If you wanna talk about no knock warrants and all the rest of it, that's, that's all well and good. And you should get your voice out there and you should write an op-ed and all of those things. And by the way, those are all things that you can do, that you can do to affect the system. You can start a nonprofit, you can work for a nonprofit. You, I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that you can do to, to make things better, but that's very different than what the people in these videos are doing. Is any of this making anything better? Is burning down a city and destroying businesses making anything better? I want you to think of someone that you know that has a small business. Everyone knows somebody that's got a small business. Maybe they've got a restaurant, maybe, they've got, maybe they're a shoe shiner, maybe whatever it might be. Maybe they've got a small art store, whatever it is. Now imagine, it doesn't matter what your politics are. That, that, that's the twisted part. That's the twisted part. When they're burning everything down, and by the way, uh, you know, as we saw a couple days ago after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and I showed some, some tweets about it, there were plenty of people, mainstream people, saying burn it all down. Burn it all down. Meaning if McConnell goes ahead and, and uh, if Trump nominates somebody and then uh, McConnell brings it to the floor that you should burn it all down. Now, first off, the burn it all down thing Anyone can burn anything. It's, a, it's very easy to burn things. You got a match, congratulations, you can burn things. Building things is much harder to do. And what we are just, the fork in the road that we're getting to is we're either gonna have to decide as a nation that you can peacefully protest. I don't see anyone on the right. I mean, even the Trump people, I don't see anyone, including Trump, saying you can't peacefully protest. Of course you can peacefully protest. Go to a public park, protest. Where I live here, there have been peaceful protests at a, at a certain intersection for months. For months and months and months, there's been peaceful protests. It's just a bunch of young people standing outside. They've got their Black Lives Matter signs and all of that stuff. You may like it, you may not like it, but they're peaceful and, and that's been just fine. And by the way, there's a couple of police officers that usually stand somewhat close by. Um, and I, Once in a while, I'll see people even going up to them and it's, and it's pleasant and it's actually how democracy and freedom are supposed to work. That is good. But the fork in the road we're getting to is if every time a decision, whatever that decision might be, whether it's a decision on a nominating a Supreme Court judge, or it's a decision related to a, a police incident and a conviction or a lack of conviction, or whatever, whether it's whether Trump signs a climate accord or not, if the, if the policy is that a certain set of people are going to burn down cities and then the the political leadership and the mainstream media of their side, because this is all lefty. Let's, Let's be very clear about that. All of the things that you're seeing, these aren't Trump supporters out there. These aren't libertarians out there. These aren't conservatives out there. It's just not the case, and don't be confused about that. So the fork in the road is if you think that just because you don't get what you want that gives you a right to destroy someone's small business, to stop people in cars, I mean, there's all of these videos where they just stop people, they stop people in the middle of the road. And I've, I've tweeted out some of these things and then I get these angry lefties tweeting at me, it's free speech, they're allowed to do it. Your free speech doesn't mean you can infringe on other people's rights. Imagine you're just driving down the road, you're driving down the road, you've got your kids in the car and then a mob just ascends around you. What would you do as they're screaming at you, as they've got bats and they're breaking windows? you'd probably step on the gas and you might hit people and it wouldn't be your fault, right? You don't wanna mow people down intentionally, but you do have a duty to protect yourself and your family. So we we have a decision to make. And by the way, I think privately, most people are making the decision. I think privately right now, although it doesn't seem like it because the media really is instigating so much of this. I think privately, most people are saying this is crazy. Most people are saying we, we aren't gonna live like this. And I think that they're in the big cities, I think they're gonna finally start voting out some of these progressive lunatics that are that are not just instigating it, but but then you know defunding the police and police can't do this, police can't do that. People want basic law and order. You don't want authoritarian lunacy, but people want basic law and order. And I think we're gonna see that. I also think this is why I, I still think even to this moment that that Trump is probably going to win and probably going to win big because if you're if any if you're watching these videos if you're just the average apolitical person who might want to go out to dinner who might want to walk to the local park, whatever it might be, and you're seeing this stuff and you're going okay, well the choice is either Trump who's saying something about it who's who using the National Guard when necessary he's trying to let the cities uh, take care of it but if they don't then you know, where are we at? If your choice is that, or Biden, who's probably not gonna do anything, and, and it's sort of the Democrats and, the, and certainly the future Democrats um, who are gonna be instigating this stuff, um, well, then we got a real problem, which brings me to the second story. I'm going long today. Uh, the White House has issued a statement from President Trump. It is the policy and purpose of the United States government to protect the lives and property of all people in the United States from unlawful acts of violence and destruction. For the past few months, several state and local governments have contributed to the violence and destruction in their jurisdictions by failing to enforce the law, disempowering and significantly defunding their police departments and refusing to accept offers of federal law enforcement assistance. My administration will not allow federal tax dollars to fund cities that allow themselves to deteriorate into lawless zones to ensure that federal funds are neither unduly wasted nor spent in a manner that directly violates our government's promise to protect life, liberty, and property, it is imperative that the federal government review the use of federal funds by jurisdictions that permit anarchy, violence, and the destruction in American cities. That's a pretty powerful statement and I, I referenced Earlier that it creates an interesting situation. It's like okay, so if you see bad things happening in these progressive-run cities, now the federal government is supposed to come in and fix stuff, right? If if the if the mayor has lost control of the city or the mayor is instigating it, uh, or you know this buffoon Ted Wheeler up in Portland who like played footsie with Antifa for months and months, if not years. Next thing you know, they show up at his house at his apartment complex, and the guy has to move. So that's the other thing. You can never be too left. You can never be left enough for these people. They'll come to get you too. It's like Ted Wheeler, the buffoon clown mayor of Portland, is not progressive enough. He's not, he's not anti racist enough for you. Almost spilled coffee all over the place there. You see what you've done to me, Ted Wheeler? Um, so the question is well, then what? does the federal government have to do? As Trump laid out there, he has offered federal assistance. Um, and I think that is the right idea. But the, here's the question. The question really comes down to this. And I, and I think you can make good arguments on both sides. I could see people on the right. Let's say you live in a, in a conservative city somewhere. I could see you saying, you know what? I don't need any of my federal tax dollars going to protect a city that has voted in all the wrong people with all the wrong policies. Like you could just see that, right? Like that, that's a perfectly sensible thing. And on the other hand, it's like, well, if the local governments don't do the right thing, then does the federal government have any responsibility? And my argument would be that if we are to remain a nation, that that great experiment, as Dennis Prager calls it, if we are to remain a nation, well then in effect, the federal government does have to do something. So Trump, in a way is trying a very moderate measure here. He's saying, guys, you clean it up, you clean it up, otherwise we're not gonna give you funds. And then I guess his hope is that that there will apply enough pressure, because then the average person that lives in one of these cities is gonna go, wait a minute, our funds are getting cut, our cities are burning down, maybe there's a connection between that stuff and, and the people that we're voting in. So I, I think this is an interesting one. I think for those of us that care about federalism, that care about states' rights, um, this is very much in line with uh, with how we've dealt with coronavirus, which is that you try to give as much power to the states and then the federal government can pick up some of the slack. But these are the type of issues that we're gonna be hearing more and more about. And I think at some level that's actually good because it does make make people think, where do I wanna live? Is it in line? with my values, whatever they might be. And if not, do I have to move or do I stay and fight? As you guys know, I decided to stay and fight here in LA. I don't think it's a lost cause. Maybe I'm I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Uh, But you know, the the Daily Wire guys are going to Nashville and I've had some other friends that that are leaving. Um, But I can tell you, I I meet an awful lot of good people here in LA who, who have had it. People who are lifelong Democrats who have had it. So I think any kind of surprise can happen. Uh, Ronald Reagan, he was a Hollywood guy who became the governor of California and then became the president of the United States. So so anything can happen. All right, let's move over to the last story which is this uh, Biden campaign for the eighth time this month in September, the eighth time uh, has called a lid on his media appearances. This was at about 9.30 AM this morning. Now. If you've been listening to me for the last 20 minutes, there's a lot going on in the country right now. There's a lot of things that a presidential candidate might wanna talk about, might wanna be seen to be out in front of it, might want to try to temper down on some of the violence, might wanna sort of be the leader of his party, right? If this guy's trying to be the the president of the United States, in effect, he's the leader of the party now. He's the leader of the party more than Hillary Clinton, more than than Barack Obama. He might wanna be out there uh, putting aside campaigning, right? He might wanna be campaigning. We got 40 something days to the election, I think 42 days to the election. He might wanna be campaigning. Campaigning is always good if you're trying to win votes. That seems like it would be a good thing, but putting aside campaigning, he might wanna just be out there in a time where there's chaos because uh, you know one of the things they constantly tell you about Trump is he's not a leader, he's fanning the flames, all of these things. Okay, that's that's fine if that's what you believe. Um, but if that's the case, well, wouldn't this be an incredible opportunity for Biden to be out there every single day saying whatever it is that he believes? Now, I, I don't know what he believes. And I think in an, in an odd way, he needs these riots because it's his base, he can't come out there and say, I am completely against this because AOC is for this, right? Uh, Ilhan Omar is for this. Th- this, the future of the party is for this chaos, they want to destroy the system. Biden, I don't think really wants to destroy the system, but I think Biden also has cognitive problems. I don't think Biden realizes what's coming right behind him. I think they're just sort of using him. Um, and as I've said before, I don't think they thought he was gonna break down that quickly, but but even if he doesn't wanna campaign for whatever reason, he doesn't feel he should be campaigning and he doesn't wanna get ahead of, uh, the the news, right, and get ahead of of all these stories that are breaking and try to calm everyone down. Let's say he doesn't want to do either one of those things. They don't think either one of those things are, are valuable. At the very least, you would think he wants to be seen because there is a lot of momentum behind this idea that something's not right with him. And every single time I say it, whether I have to say it 42 more times once a day for the next 42 days or whatever it is, I will say I do not take any pleasure in that. There is something wrong with him, and the scandal is the non-scandal. Please, show, Ask your if you're a Biden supporter, you're a Democrat, or you just know a Democrat, ask anyone who's supporting Biden, no matter how much they hate Trump, do you think Biden is all there? Do you think that he is fit to be president? And I can't find anyone that'll fully say it. They'll give you some uncomfortable choked out answer, but I keep tweeting it out. Can I get somebody, can I get some blue check verified somebody with with a decent following to say that they don't think anything's wrong with Biden? So it's almost as if the campaign is like, all right, we're not gonna campaign. We're not gonna get ahead of the news. And we're not even gonna just put him out there so he can just talk so that it might um, break up some of these ideas that something's not right with the guy. So I, I just don't know what they're doing over there. And 50-50. That's what I would tell you guys. I think it's I think it's 50-50 as to as to whether he's the nominee or not. I know that's crazy and what a what a strange world we live in. And it's like we don't need that. You know, with the with the Supreme Court nominee coming, right? Trump's gonna nominate somebody, I think, on Saturday, and then we'll go into we'll go into the next steps on that, and then the election coming and and the riots and everything else. Like we don't need Biden to step down, and yet I think 50-50, I just think it's 50-50. All right, all of this being said, I know this was, uh, it, it could be a little overwhelming and it could feel crazy. Get offline when you can, uh, step outside, take a walk, um, say hi to a neighbor. I'll just give you one other little, one little piece of human advice. We moved, I've been saying hi to my neighbors left and right, a lot of nice people. I don't know their politics. I hope they don't know my politics. <clears throat> if that's a problem, I hope they don't know my politics. If it's a problem for them, um but but there's good people out there it gets hard to see sometimes but but find them and and i think we're going to be okay one way or another that is the direct message i'll see you guys on wait today's today's thursday i'll see you on tuesday all right later